Hello, everybody. Welcome to Podcast, the premier podcast of the Podcast Podcast Network. I am one of your co-cats. My name is Sam Brady, and I'm joined, as always, by the effervescent, the truly lovely, the love of my life, the looking at me suspiciously. Now she's smiling. Veronica! Hey, guys. How's it going? Uh, it's... It's been years since I've talked to you. It's been so long. So I really surprised you at the end of last episode and asked you about something I don't think you remembered. <laughs> we briefly talked about, not that you're going to do today, because I really, truly surprised you on it. And thank you so much for, for being willing to indulge me on it. If you'd prefer to just discard this episode or anything, just let me know and I'm open to that. And thank you for being a good sport. I'm really sorry if I stressed you out. No, you did not stress me out. <laughs> I just... <laughs> yeah, chip stuck in my throat. <laughs> Boy. <coughs> I'm a mess. We can't do this. We gotta abort. Just kidding. No. Would you like a drink of uh, tea? Yeah. Have a sip. So what we might be doing here tonight, folks. Some dungeons. No one can hear you. What we might be doing tonight, folks. Too loud. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. Did you like to say it? <clears throat> well, What? What we're doing tonight, folks, is some Dungeons and, and dragons. dragons. I've had this little concept for a long time about this character, and I've envisioned him both as a warlock as a right, and as a ranger. So the idea is that he has been raised a ranger. That's his life. Well, I feel like that's where you end and where I begin. Okay. Would you like to take it from here? Yeah, absolutely, because now I've been cast into this role of a dungeon master. Yes, ma'am. And so I feel like you get to present your character, and I will ask you questions about your character, and then everything else I get to decide. Where he's been, where he's going, if he's a he. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Can you okay. believe I'm making a male character? Yeah, uh, this is weird. <laughs> this doesn't feel Normally, like you, Sam. we have a beautiful uh, same-sex marriage yes. in 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 our uh, in our D and D life. We've had so many gorgeous lesbian marriages. It's so beautiful, <laughs> and I don't understand what's happening right now. <laughs> Why is there a penis I in the sacred place? <laughs> don't know how to uh, GM you as a man. <laughs> <laughs> That's a goof. Um, I'll just treat you like I do in bed. <laughs> just kidding. Um, Thank you, Mistress. May I have another? <laughs> um, awkward. <laughs> okay, so tell me about your character. What is this character's race? I believe he's a wood elf. Okay, what, how do you imagine a wood elf? Now, don't be too descriptive. Oh my god. That was spooky. <laughs> Something spooky just happened. Anyways, uh, okay, tell me how you imagine a wood elf. In my mind, a wood elf is a wood elf from the uh, uh, Morrowind world. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not dissimilar to that in that it's a little bit gruff and abrasive to the world, especially when compared to the the high elves or the other sort of more formal elf disciplines. Dark elves. Dark. Yeah. Any other number of things that, that feels that it has a nation and a place and a people and a country in a way that he as a wood elf, I imagine, doesn't always. Okay. He perhaps feels that he has a woods and perhaps feels that he's got a terrain that he's very comfortable in, um, uh, at least at this moment. But uh, out, outside of a, a, a family that I imagine, and you can override any of this backstory, it was kind of hard sprung for Reese Forces. Especially compared to the, the richer and more numerous humans and other things. They're seen as kind of roughing it a little 
that okay. one. Okay. So he's a camper. Yes. Um, are his parents dead or alive? I think alive, but I don't imagine them in the picture. Okay. Uh, how old is this character? Um, uh, so he's an elf, right? Yeah. So since he's an elf, I'm going to say like early 30s. Okay. So crazy young. Okay. A crazy young elf. A, a crazy young wood elf. I feel like most elves in most D&D games are... Crazy young? A crazy young elf. I'm just out. Am I being too generic? I'm just saying I've never really met a middle-aged elf. You disapprove of elves. I, well... It's got to be an elf. It's got to be kind of young just because of the conceit of the game, I feel like, a little bit. What do you mean by this? But I imagine him as a level zero. I think, not sure what sort of level one hero he'd be. Well, I think that there are many reasons that you can be level zero as a, uh, as a 40-year-old or something. Yes. Um, Certainly true. You know, even if you're you're like a noob dungeon master, yeah. and your kids want to start playing D and D, you're going to be a level zero dungeon master, and you're just taking on something new. Yes, you're absolutely right. You certainly are. But we're not playing Dungeons and Dragons. You are a wood elf from what terrain? Uh, foresty, mountainy. M- mountainy for okay. Which is it? M- both. Mountainy forest. Mountainy forest. So, are you in the kind of area where um, where the hobbits go in and they and they meet the the scary Kate Blanchett uh, <laughs> elf from Lord of the Rings? <laughs> Perhaps, yeah. Okay, I just want. I'm just giving some visuals for myself and for the listeners so we can understand what type of terrain you're in. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, also, Brett McKenzie from the, the Wood Elves. So, when I did those D&D games before we were even playing, I was playing for like Fred and other folks okay. like that, there was always the same starting town, seeing starting tavern. And I kind of like that, how every adventure started from a very thing. So, I think I'm kind of imagining him there, even though I haven't been there for a very long time in my imagination. But this was a very discreet and removed from sort of the world at large town in the mountains, surrounded by some older, older forests. They had a lot of people of mixed heritage, of like elf and, and human, but nowhere like on a character sheet is just like you notice a slight point to someone's ears or not because of just the type of heritage of this secluded area. I see. Um, is your character, uh, do they have fair skin or darker skin or green skin or blue skin? Um, so I'm just kind of wondering how how natural you are like do you have like a natural tone to your to your skin or are you more like a vibrant pink or something Ooh, not a vibrant pink but i do imagine it kind of tannish and greenish a little bit okay slightly outside of the human hues okay uh especially at a a close look and i imagine big dark eyes i see okay um i'd like to ask you what type of uh armor you're wearing um it's Probably going to be uh, leather, leather armor. armor. So a young elf in leather armor. <laughs> you know what? I'm just kidding. <laughs> I really like to. He really might get like more to... interesting. He might be a spellcaster. I really soon. like to dig in. Yeah. On, uh, on, on you there. I've given his background, not his path, not his journey. Okay. Um, who would you say is this character's? And okay, so this is a little inside baseball for everyone. This is how I would do character development for most people that I'm going to be playing a long-term game with, uh-huh. is asking you a lot of questions. So I don't know that I have DM'd a game for you outside of the games that we play with the kids. Is that true? 
Um, we've done one shots. Yeah, but we've not done a long term game. No, like, we've never done a long term game. Long term games for me, but not vice versa. That is correct. Okay, so normally what I'll do whenever I know a character's coming in long term is that I'll ask a ton of questions. So I get to know this character and I feel more intimately connected to them. So sure. I hope that I'm not being uh, too abrasive with you. I just want to know, who is this person? Yeah. And uh, what did you say their name was? Felix. Felix. With a P-H or an F? F. F, okay. Spelled correctly. Thank you. Okay. I appreciate that. And who would you say is Felix's um, mentor or someone that he really looked up to learned a lot what what made him decide that he was not going to be a potter or whatever hmm maybe there was an artisan or no maybe like a storyteller or bard of sorts was in the town much older told stories wasn't always tied to this area came and gone mingled with the more he might think of sometimes this more civilized world when he thinks about his life angstily um, out there and, and seen a lot of it but whenever he'd come by I think this guy would be really anxious to hear stories and kind of gobble up all he can sure so I would say that you kind of encountered um, a wandering tabaxi in your area uh-huh. so they are well known for going out being adventurous and then coming back with all of their tales for their tribe so I would imagine that you uh, that you really like this cat person yes and that you would go to wherever they were telling their stories um and cat person had wares if, if i had coin and i had coin so okay yeah of course it's a cat person and they've always got wares <laughs> um okay uh let's see i'm trying to think if there's anything else that i need to know before we start this adventure um What does your character think about um, what what his life will look like at an older age? Would you indulge me if I Googled like lifespans to kind of see what thirty means, real fast? In a hundred, in for what else? Years, it's like a, a thirty would be like a hundred and sixty, a hundred and seventy. Oh, like if I were to say he's thirty of our yeah. years, yeah. Uh, can we can we age him up from being like thirty years, or did you in- interpret that as being like he's one hundred sixty actual? Yeah, years? I thought you were you meant like the equivalent in elf years. So I, I'm imagining that he has like a couple like almost two hundred years. Yes. Okay. So yeah, let's let's say equivalent of, of, of yeah. Late 20s, that, that's exactly what I thought. Okay. I'm just no, I did not think you were a child. A child. Right? A child. Elf. I did play an adolescent elf once, and I really like, kind of leaned into that. She was eighty and. <laughs> she really didn't know herself, but she still was very capable in like a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. And I think it was an interesting take on that. I've never quite seen that done before. I'd be curious to explore that a little bit more sometime. Oh, for sure. Anyways. Okay. So that's a, that's a really good thing to know. Um, all right. Well, here we go. Um, <laughs> for the listener, she has put uh, white uh, heart-shaped sunglasses uh, over her eyes. It's too bright in this room. It is very bright in this room. It's too bright to DM. You gotta, I, I can't DM in a bright room. It makes me You need nervous. the darkness to ch- channel the darkness. I need the, the darkness. darkness to come in. Let me turn off the lights, actually. I can't do this. Okay. Just turning off the lights, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, all right. I'm very unprepared, but I'm excited. It should be fun. Oh, uh-huh. Such improv. Okay. Um, 
So you are in a tavern which is connected to a bank. Okay. And the bank is closed and the tavern is not really full. There's a couple of people that are uh, finishing up meals and your mentor, um, the tabaxi, (coughs) who encouraged you to leave your home, to, to go out and find stories. You can find riches anytime, but you can only find stories for so long. And the most important thing you can do is to bring back stories and to help people understand the, the world. And so this tabaxi brought you to this tavern. And, sorry, I should lean forward into the mic. And the tabaxi leaves a coin on the table as your meal, or for, to pay for your meal. Mm. And she very slowly, her bones sort of creak as she stands up and she, you know, flips her head from side to side. And you hear this, like, enormous crunch that, you know, you fear one day she will kill herself for her neck <laughs> um, but she gets up and she begins to leave and she gives you one last wave goodbye and you know that that's probably unless you utterly fail that probably m- might be the last time that you see this tabaxi um, as she walks out of the tavern you get this sensation kind of like a tingling at the back of your the back of your neck and it kind of ripples down in between your shoulder blades and you feel this call a call to magic or sorcery of some sort like there's just something inside of you that needs to come out but you've spent a lot of time training yourself to become a ranger because it's the most practical thing for you to do and um, you're a very practical person you you know you live your life a certain way you don't carry excessive uh, junk and trinkets things like that you are very interested in just having what you need to have but this part of you feels this need to be extra (laughs) and to indulge in this feeling of the unknown and the feeling of power whereas before you've just been very restrained and you know it's not about the power it's about the stories that you find and they're feeling inside of you is like what if it's not about the stories I find but about the stories that I create and you pick up your bow and you kind of put it around your body you know that you'll have enough money left over to uh, get a small bed in the nearby uh, in the nearby uh, lodging after you pay your bill and you walk across the the road you get that strong feeling again and the streets are very 
quiet. And it's also very dark. And you remember, you keep track of the phases of the moon and you keep track of the weather. You know what the weather is going to be like. And everything is very dark. And you look down the road towards more of the town opening up and it's still pretty bleak, pretty dark, but when you look back at the trail that leads down from the mountains, it's pitch black. And then you see this like glint of these really vibrant colors. Let me know what you do. So I'm seeing a glint of really vibrant colors. Coming from the mountains. Coming from the mountains. Or the path that leads to the mountains. Hmm. Do I feel this call or this sensation from uh, as I look at that? Um, the sensation is the same no matter what. It's just kind of, there's a small unknowable yearning that I'm just sort of passively feeling. Mm-hmm. Okay. And regardless of the direction you look, the feeling is the same. Okay. I feel that my uh, storyteller companion, is a Talaxi, comes and goes pretty naturally. And mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't... She's after I even ask. I think this person has been kind of prompting me to be more independent as well. So I guess uh, ready my bow around me and um, make my way towards the glittering things and in search of either um, recording or write or creating a story. Okay. Um, how do you approach the lights as they get larger? You've wandered far enough away from the town that you couldn't really see people or anything walking around. So I think I've got some sort of perception going, looking around, but I'm not being overtly stealthy, and I probably don't need to be approaching as much from the path as from the wild at the moment, too. So tell me what you're doing. I don't understand what you're saying. So I'm... Um, not trying to be crazy stealthy, but I'm trying to be alert to my surroundings. Okay. And I am, don't don't have to go. If there is a main path and more of the woods, I can probably pursue it from more of the woods too. You know, whenever you pop your ears, like when you're in the plane and there's like that moment of like that sound. Uh-huh. Um, you hear that sound and you feel that kind of like heaviness for just a moment. And you realize that you are trapped in a dark bubble. It's just a very big sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't have a sense of up or down or anything. You're just kind of stuck there. But then you feel your feet as the weight of your body is removed from them. And you've never felt this sensation before. In this way, you've swung from a tree vine or, you know, had a rope that you've swung from here to there. But this feels different. Nothing's tied around your waist. You don't have any any force on your arms. So it feels like you're floating, but you don't know what that sensation is. You don't understand what floating means. Hmm. You just, you've... You think of yourself as being on a feather, maybe. Okay. Can I call out in common? Mm-hmm. What is happening? Hello, I'm here. You don't hear or have anything respond to you. Um, you do see the moon come out, and you can see that you are probably 
20, 30 feet above the tallest trees. Okay. Can I uh, notch an arrow and try to sh- shoot it into the bubble? Okay. Well, this game will end very quickly. <laughs> yeah, of course you can. So I, I notch it, getting ready to shoot, and look around and try to open myself up to the sensation I've been feeling before I do. And do I feel anything? That this is there's any consciousness doing this, or do I feel that this is just naturally happening to me? Roll perception. This one. I believe that is a 17. Okay. As you hear the string of your bow kind of pull taut, out of the corner of your eye, you see another one of these bubbles. Okay. And it's just sort of floating in your general direction. I know what you do. Carefully. Uh, loosen the, some of the tension out and pull the arrow out and flip it back into the quiver and try to get a good look at uh, the other bubble. Is there another figure in, encased in it like there is in mine? There is. Um, is it my tabaxi pers- friend? No, tabaxi. Tabaxi. Uh, no, you do not recognize this person at first. Um, when you squint your eyes, you're taken aback as you see almost a, a mirror image of yourself. But this person, their skin looks a little bit different. Um, it's not the greenish hue that you have. It's more of a more of a dark, darker gray. Mm. And they don't hold back. You see a bolt of lightning flash your way, mm-hmm. and you are immediately hit by the impact. Mm. Can I have a dice, please? Oh, a die 20. That's smart. Always hand someone a die 4 when they just ask for a dice. (laughs) What if they're rolling damage? (laughs) Okay. You take three points of lightning damage. Okay. A highlighter... That's the, I'm using the tools available to me. There's a pen right over there, just so you know. This is a tire gauge. <laughs> I like how you have a tire gauge on your computer Of desk. course. What if the computer gets a flat tire? <laughs> oh, boy. You know. Okay. All right, get back in it. <laughs> okay. Time for goofs. Playing D&D. Okay. Um, well, so you've been hit. Tell me... Does this attractive gentleman's bubble uh, remain? <laughs> it does. It's it's totally secure yeah. while this uh-huh. person does this? Yeah. Okay. I yell, it doesn't have to be like this, and I loose an arrow at him. Okay. Can I roll a die? You can roll a die, but... <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to take a look at this? Yeah, sure. Uh, that's a... That's, that's a, a natural one. one. Perfect. Okay, that works out really. Um, so, what happens is whenever you release your arrow, your bubble pops as a natural <laughs> object passes through uh, a bubble. And you begin free falling to the ground. You have no time to react because you rolled a one uh-huh. and you fall onto a tree branch. 
and you take, let me have a, oh, a die four he, <laughs> he gives me. All right. That's kept alive. I don't understand. Oh, two. Okay. So a two, three. And you'll take 14 damage. 14 damage? 14 damage. Directly to your spine. Oh, okay. Well, this character is in death saving, I believe. Okay, great. Yeah. Oh, there it is. Yeah. So this character is in death saving. Okay, I don't know what that means. He's dead, but like could be revived by a partner. So... He's gone below zero hit points, but he's not enough to be instantly dead below zero hit points. I see. So he could roll to save, but he would eventually bleed out if no one stabilized him. Okay, that's fair. Um, so you are kind of laying with your back kind of arched over um, a large tree branch, and you feel you have lots of broken ribs. Um, it's kind of labored breathing, and you see very clearly this bubble as it sort of floats down to you and you feel and it's kind of painful as someone else steps onto the branch and moves you slightly the elf walks over to you and kneels down and he begins rambling about oh, I, just, I didn't expect that to happen I thought that maybe you were in a bubble too and you know, you could sustain the bubble. I'm very sorry. I was just, you know, I was practicing my moves there. Uh, I'm very sorry about this. And then he presses his hand against your chest. And he's like, this is really better for us anyways, because I was the better you. And he zaps you with more electricity. And you pass into the next life. And your tabaxi friend miles and miles away by now feels this cold rush of air and she turns around and looks in this direction but you're gone and now this sorcerer the new you the better you the warlock (laughs) the new you the better you (laughs) Stands up tall, pops his back, and looks back in the direction of the tabaxi. Now, his mortal enemy. Hmm. Got some stories to to make. Yeah, and that's where we're gonna call it. <laughs> All right. So wait, wait, can I do this? Yeah. Can I, you have to hand in your character sheet? Can I destroy this one? Because no. the nature of this game. The nature of this game is you hand me your character sheet. You want to pull the other half? Yeah. All right. Dead and dead. Dead and done. So for the listener, there were always two character sheets. Because I didn't know who this character was. And I wanted to find out in a sacrifice to the dice. Yeah. So this character's a warlock. That's interesting. Uh, I When we started this game, I did not expect you to be the warlock. I expected the, You say the ranger to prevail. I absolutely thought the ranger would prevail. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I just figured he would try to move, maneuver the bubble. 
Oh. Into a different location. Yeah. You know, it's it's whatever. It doesn't really matter. For sure. So. Yeah, I don't know if you couldn't shoot from the bubble without getting down. By the time he could, if he could engage the warlock even in flat footed normal combat, warlock's gonna likely armor himself with magic and then be cast. Well, magic the blast. warlock isn't. It, the warlock's a level one warlock yeah. here. Armor of Agathos. Level okay. one, level one spell slot. The only, the only spell that he'd have other than his cantrip, which is to attack. So he'd cast a defensive spell and have the offensive cantrip all the time with like no limit. Uh, but the ranger could perhaps disengage and like fight more cleverly or, or a different day. But I, I, I do think you kind of get in the flat combat at least with these this the one with warlock and ranger. And unless the dice gods have a strong will for there to be balance in the universe and manifest that through giving me a ranger, mm-hmm. the the ambition of, of a level of this other level one is going to swallow up the other. I'm really interested to uh, play more of a geriatric uh, tabaxi. Mm. So very old, wise, lots of resources, but not nimble. So You know, I've, I'm playing a kind of classic radicalized character where it's a young person who feels that all connections from that person's life are, are cut or are no longer important to them. Mm-hmm. I've been reading a lot about immigration policy. And about how I, I really, something I like about ours is that it keeps families together, or classically has, I should say, because who knows what it is now, how, how it has tried to have a high priority on, on families. And we haven't had some of the youth radicalization efforts that other countries in our comparable thing have. And that's believed to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. You get like a young man and you get them totally separated from their family, from their connections, and they're classically open to... I don't mean that in anything for it, just just being a more extreme version of themselves in some self-destructive ways. Well, I think any person that is uh, forcibly removed from their loved ones uh, would, you know, yeah, do do what what they believe is. I played a. I'm playing a young elf who's mulliganed a lot of hands, like mulliganed the hand perhaps of his family and of his village for this new adventure, and then has decided to mulligan that one again mm-hmm. to see what what comes mm-hmm. back up from the cards. Yeah, that's interesting. Huh. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't think I've ever uh, DM'd a warlock, so we'll have to do some reading, see what happens. Here. Cool. Kalana was a scion, but she sort of thought herself as being a, a part of a patron relationship. Mm-hmm. So she constructed her relationship as if she was a warlock. And warlocks have the patron yes. relationship. That's interesting. Okay. So, okay. So you have someone that's at least somewhat on your side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, did you have fun? Yeah, I did. Did you? Okay. I did. That was pretty fun. I, I, I like making up stories. <laughs> okay, guys. Let us know what you think of Felix. and of Oh, the... I had more questions for you. Please. I'm sorry. I know that you like to keep it to 30 minutes. <laughs> what time? How long is it? I have no idea. It is 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah. I, I know. I can sense... I, I am sometimes bad at keeping track of time if I don't look at the clock, but I, there's certain cycles of time I can really sense. Mm-hmm. One is 30 minutes when I'm on, like in, in a performance sort of mode. I can always sense that. Yeah. There's a couple things that like I I'm, I'm really can always feel. I kind of just know the time of day. <laughs> yeah. So, um, okay. Um, so one of the things that I wanted to ask you, so did you have a preference for which... Character yeah, I did. 
Um, I was really interested in the dice strongly manifesting something, and I was really interested in doing that. And I would really enjoy to do a ranger. I'd really enjoy to do a warlock, but I had a slight preference of warlock. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a really good um, idea as to how you're going to connect with your patron. Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think you necessarily have the patron relationship right at level one, because I don't think... I think there's a couple of choices you get to back route, like level three or something. I feel like I'm the dungeon master and I can do it. Yes. Want, so. <laughs> I just mean in the conventional character creation. Okay, that's sort of a thing. That'll be fun. Well, even still, that actually works. That works out really well. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. For what I'm planning. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. Great. That sounds great. Yeah. So if it was to be the ranger that would win, uh, a influence was... Noah Noah Hawley's Before the Fall, that novel. Did you ever read that? No, not yet. It's really good. I mm-hmm. really love it. But there's a That's the guy, um that's the plane crash. Yes. Okay. So there's a character um time's funny in that one because the whole thing happens very quickly and then we slowly learn everyone's perspective on it. There's a character we hear right at the end who has action right at the beginning, but we don't understand his actions until mm-hmm. the very end when we get inside his head. But he had kind of wandered from place to place, uh and really just felt like a ranger in our modern world to me. He'd done a lot of a lot of different sort of operations, but he ends up being the this billionaire family's like bodyguard at kind of the end of his life. And it's just a gig. He does all kinds of things. He used to be I think his formal military training was uh was in Israel in, in their army, like way mm-hmm. back when. Mm-hmm. And he is Israeli. That that is his nationality. But he is sort of cosmopolitan from the world, not from any one particular place, lives all over the place. Oh cool. But um he he lived in a very violent circumstance in his very young life, but he still had this wanderlust and he built a home like, um, kind of by his hands and as a hate crime against his uh, Jewish heritage, which he didn't, wasn't even that serious to him, but, but still was who he was and where he was from. They like burned down the, the house. Someone did. Oh. And he just spits out the cigarette kind of on the, he like takes a long drag, spits it out, kind of ashes it on the ground and gets started rebuilding it like right away. And that's just like, that's the, our, one of our introductory character things. So I was thinking of that for Felix as someone who's from a very strong particular place that marks him for something in the world, but doesn't nec- feels very cosmopolitan and just goes off finding balance in himself and in the world. That would be the ranger, Felix, I feel like, mm-hmm. that died. Interesting. But the warlock has less of a vision. It's just more like this blind ambition. And the warlock is Felix as well. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Very good. Uh, that sounds great. And... I'm very sleepy. <laughs> yes, let's go to bed. I'm going to release these real fast. It won't take long, but I love you very much. I love you too, and I love you too, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good night, podcatters. Good night. Meow. Meow.